Wade. Good Friday and welcome to Black Consumer News of Arkansas. News that empowers. It's Friday, April the 30th, 2021, and you're listening to KABF 88.3, the voice of the people. Thank you for joining us, and we are glad that you came. Um, take off your mask. That's what the CDC said, but only if you're, you are one of the 155 million Americans that have been vaccinated. The Center of Disease Control on Tuesday said fully vaccinated people no longer need to wear a mask outdoors except in certain crowded settings You mean and I venues. can take off this mask? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they said, that you can take the mask off. Okay, it's off. Now, can you hear me? I can, we can hear you loud and clear. All right. I'm your host, Angel Burt, BCN's um, Chief Creative Officer and co-producer of this show. I also want to introduce my co-host, Wesley Brown, BCN's publisher and executive editor. Uh, Wesley, what are some of the big stories that are happening on the BCN website news? What is really going on? We've got a lot uh, that have been going on over the last week. Of course, on Tuesday was the last day of the Arkin 93rd General Not the last day because it adjourned, which means it takes a recess. They're mm-hmm. going to have to come back to They're Little Rock back, okay? in September to look at the census data. Uh, the 2020 census was done last year, counting all the population uh, estimates. Is that pop- trying to count it? Yeah, estimate mm-hmm. was because that of COVID. Uh, Arkansas, uh, and I was the first to report this about four years ago. Arkansas officially went over the three million uh, mark for the first time in its history, so that number should be up and should be confirmed. Uh, Arkansas, uh, like most southern states, Arkansas is seeing a migration of the population from the east coast. Uh, uh, back to the southern states. Uh, uh, what will happen uh, when that when we get that census data? Census data determine how much er- money every state gets for the next ten years when federal budget is passed. Is also determines how the redistricting the districting lines are drawn uh, and what will happen because the Republican Party has the supermajority in Arkansas. They the the party that's in control gets to draw the line. Absolutely. And and when you talk about the census data and, and the Census Bureau, you know, people of color, black people are just always so afraid to take that information and fill it out. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we should talk about this first mm-hmm. before that census comes around so people will know exactly why it's important for them to make sure that they give out the right information so they can accurately draw these lines and accurately, more importantly, determine, the, yeah. the budget. Yeah, <laughs> make determine sure we, where those federal funds, whether it comes to the Department of Labor, yes. uh, whatever federal agency, Department of Education, those dollars are filtered down through uh, uh, agencies, uh, state agencies, and and uh, Arkansas gets a proportion of that money. Uh, one, nationally, if we are not counted in, in, in relationship to, say, Mississippi, then and, and we're about the same size and they have more people, uh, then they will get more money. It's, it's, of course, if you look at the population, California is going to get the biggest piece of the pie, then the bigger states like Texas and New York, and then you get down to Arkansas, which is among the 10 smallest states, we're going to get a smaller piece of the pie. So if our population is d- uh, decreasing, our piece of the pie is going to get smaller uh, in terms of every single federal program that's out there. Uh, the other thing it determines is how we vote. 
the uh, uh, what's going to happen when they redraw the lines is that the already the Republicans dominate the the Arkansas legislature mm-hmm. of the hundred uh, representative seats. Uh, the Republicans have about seventy eight of those. Sure. When they redraw the lines, I guarantee you, those strong Republican uh, Democratic areas, the lines are going to be redrawn so that you may let's say uh, uh, Senator Joyce Zelliot district. She straddles half of, of, of the black community and part of the Heights. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that seat is going to encroach more into the white areas so that a Republican or, or, or anyone else white can basically uh, make take it easier for the, to take that seat. And what that's what's going to happen, not just in Arkansas, but that mm-hmm. will happen all over the United States when every state uh, has to redraw their lines to determine... Uh, they still have to keep the same number. I think in the in the U.S. Rep- House of Representatives, there's 365 seats. The Senate seats stay the same because there's two senators in every state. Uh, but the, the for the representative seats, uh, Arkansas has four re- U.S. representatives. We won't lose that, uh, but they will be changed. The lines will be redrawn to the, probably even make it stronger for the Republicans who to already win. hold those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, and uh, Republicans hold every major seat in Arkansas from the, the U.S. House of Representatives to the state seat. So what's going to happen is that stronghold is going to get even stronger. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, it's important information to know, Wesley, because as I say, if you don't know, mm-hmm. you can't do. But once you find out, you better get busy. And that's what we do here on Black Consumer News is making right. sure that people understand our, our legislation and understand what these bills are all about, as well as voting voting rights mm-hmm. and really who to vote for and what and, and and like you're saying now what they do about drawing these districts mm-hmm. and how all of that works mm-hmm. because we have to know why because we are the taxpayers paying their salaries mm-hmm. and we are the taxpayers that that budget that money is going for right mm-hmm. so when the budget is created those are our tax dollars so we have every right to help make the decisions mm-hmm. on how things are handled and, and one is, and I'll give you an example of when you look at those lines a lot of times when you see a, a white district, it's a square or evenly that the, the, the geographic area is evenly distributed. Unless they're gerrymandering, but we will but talk about it. In, in black district, the, the yeah. line is like this, like a snake. Oh, my goodness. It, hey, Dunbar, it's like 34, 36 right across the street from each other, but we're not going to talk about that. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but, and you, just like you're saying, you know, uh, uh, one you can be one district just across the street, the black district is another district. And and so, and what that does is dilute the black vote. Absolutely, and then also, let's just back up a little bit when we talk about the budget, because that budget is based on the number of people in mm. a certain area as well. So if we're not filling out that census, it's like we don't exist. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, yeah, and the, and the amount of- uh, So those funds can't go towards let's, let's take, our let's communities. Let's take the district that you're, you're executive director of the Dunbar Historic Neighborhood Association. As in the, the census has a track of that area. And it takes that data, how many population, it, let's say if the number of people in that census tract is declining, that means money that is comes into that community uh, is gonna be less than it was 
uh, before. Yeah, they're going to have me out canvassing the community, <laughs> knocking on everybody's doors, saying, yeah. sign right here, right now. Mm. Don't be afraid. I got you. And, and here's, the, here's the issue about that. Yeah. A census is only done every 10 years. Exactly. That's the, that, yeah, that's the brunt and, of and, the whole thing. And the, and the one this year was done in the middle. Oh, about to say that, of COVID-19. Uh, yeah, so they didn't get, you didn't get the people knocking on your doors this year, did you? Uh, a little bit early on, but they they stopped very quickly. Mm -hmm. So so yeah, so there yeah. weren't that much traffic at all. Yeah, and, and uh, like like uh, Angel said, sometimes we like who that knocking on my door. I know, right? Speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of COVID nineteen, and also want to welcome my guest Corgan. Um, Revel. Corgan Revel, excuse me, I had a brain freeze right there. I'm sorry, Corgan. <laughs> Welcome to um, BCN. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Corgan is our, our guest today. He's a he's a filmmaker and assistant Young director filmmaker. of the student leadership at, at um, ULR. And we're going to be talking about a yeah, lot of wonder, wonderful things. impressive young man. Absolutely. Yeah. And we so. are so happy and proud to have you here with us. And again, speaking of COVID-19 and the CDC, they have released um, the information as far as as people that are fully vaccinated mm -hmm. and um, what they can expect to uh, experience. So mm -hmm. if you are fully vaccinated, people can visit with others, fully vaccinated people indoors without wearing a mask or physically distancing themselves, okay? Mm -hmm. Also, if you are fully vaccinated, you can participate in indoor activities and recreations without a mask, except in certain crowded settings and venues. Okay, and so I we'll have one more, last but not least. If you're <laughs> fully, there's several, but I'm just reading a few of them here. If you're fully vaccinated, people can refrain from quarantine following a known exposure if asystematic. So, um, so you don't have to quarantine if they've been around somebody that's mm -hmm. that's um, been, been exposed. So, so, yeah. So, I guess the question I would ask: How do you know? Right, because they're not even having to take the test anymore. Do you put a scarlet letter on your forehead? <laughs> I've been vaccinated. Uh, Please don't give them yeah, okay. any I'm ideas, okay? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so the, the world's changing and so many different things are happening. And um, it, it gets, again, a little bit confusing only because... You know, whether you wear a mask and you don't wear a mask, if you're vaccinated, if you aren't vaccinated. But I will say that since the vaccinations have come out, then, you know, everybody is kind of gradually, you know, Things getting are, back yeah. to normal again. You, you're seeing people out there without the mask. And, and, but here's the thing. One of the things on that list that you read uh, is that a, a private business can still say when you come into this establishment, uh, they can turn you away if you don't follow they can have their own rules uh, in terms of let's say a business wants everyone to come in to raise a mask or an employer uh they can do that so uh, uh that's one of the things that 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 can take place i'm uh i think that's going to be an issue that's going to be debated over the next few months because we saw in the arkansas legislature they said that you could, can't do that uh you can't uh, determine you you don't have to uh, I don't have to come to your business and show you a card or something that says uh, I've been vaccinated. Uh, so, uh, and a lot of conspiracy theories out there on on these types of things that are going on uh, in terms of a vaccination card or an ID card that you have to show that those, those things are not happening. 
in, in terms of, of the federal government uh, regulating that or mandating that. Yeah, um, and, and, and again, that, that, that has been kind of out there. I think maybe in Brazil or someplace they are requiring an ID. And, um, you know, if it's something that we don't feel like we want here in the U.S. of A., I think those are things that maybe we should consider and think about how do we prevent that from happening. Because to me, that is total discrimination, but that's a whole nother conversation. Also, if, if you're fully vaccinated, you must continue or you should continue to follow um, the guidelines issued uh, by your individual employers. Um, so making sure that you do that because we were we were talking about that, Wes. So mm. some people that are definitely like in the health care field, uh. um, they're going to, you know, their jobs you know, mm. you, they're, you know, I, I'm sure they're mandating people to, to do those sort of There's things. A nursing home uh, settings. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, some restaurants, uh, as we, as I mentioned earlier, some. They, and they, speaking of nursing homes, I mean, they, they haven't really opened back up. I've got a friend in, in New York City and their father is like 93s in a nursing home and they still can't go and see him. I think that is so sad, though. This nursing home is, is, is um, you know, treating his family member very, very well. However, you're still you can't go in to see your loved one. Yeah, I think in, in certain states and certain communities, th there were different ways that responses that community had. In Florida, they basically said the first people that are going to be protected are the senior citizens. Where in other states, in Arkansas, uh, you saw it, when the first COVID cases came to Arkansas, sure. the, the, the high incidence, high case, the number of cases were in two places, prisons. Yeah, and, and nursing, nursing homes. homes. Yeah, uh, so uh, the elderly. Yeah, uh, so it just depended a lot of times on whether specific communities or specific cities, what kind of regulations they put in place to. Uh, to stem the tide of, of the COVID cases. And people with underlying conditions, heart disease, diabetes, mm. those sorts of things, they were truly affected. And as always, as we say here on um, uh, Black Consumer News, that our hearts um, go out to any family member that's lost anyone to COVID-19, um, sincerely, for sure. Because mm -hmm. this has been really a trying time. Yeah, and, and we can't forget. And especially in black communities, disparities. Especially. Yeah. yeah especially. So um, uh, speaking of which, as, as well, uh, when we talk about COVID-19, um, Corgan, I don't know if you've heard about India as well, mm -hmm. um, that they are really having a really terrible time over there. 18 million people, over 18 million people uh, with COVID um, uh, testing uh, cases, testing positive. Mm -hmm. About 15 million have recovered, and then there's about 205,000 deaths. Um, and though the USA has uh, sent over a hundred million dollars of um, supplies uh, to help out um, mm -hmm. India as well. Yeah, I think one of the things you see in India, and when you look at their population in terms of, of the area where they live, the geography of the mm -hmm, area, mm -hmm. uh, India has the most people per square foot mm -hmm. or per square mile than any other country in the world. So that means they can't social distance. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that has a lot to do with uh, uh, the, the high incident of, of COVID-19 cases uh, besides uh, 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 China and I think Brazil. They, they are has the, the one of the, the world's largest population. I think they are now surpassed uh, the United States, but the, the geography is not even one quarter of the United States. So uh, you have uh, uh, these uh, uh, New Delhi. New Delhi, India, is one of the largest cities in, in, in the United States, twice the size of New York City. So uh, when you put 
uh, a lot of people in the space, uh, then the the chance of of, of COVID contracting and, that. And COVID I know we've had this conversation. The, the the number of variants that are out there now, uh, that 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 we're not even sure if, if these the Pfizer or the Moderna or the Johnson and Johnson vaccines will work uh, against these these. So. Hey, you're listening to KBF 88.3, the voice of the people. I'm Angel Burt, your host here at uh, with Black Consumer News. My co-host, Wesley Brown, and our guest, Corgan Reveals, is here. Thank you guys so much for listening in and tuning in. If you have a comment uh, or question, please feel free to give us a call here at 501-433-0088. So should we throw away our mask? He got his on his ear. He so got- yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of us do it during that. Yeah. So should we throw it away? Yeah, we holding on, on to this for a long time. <laughs> hold on for a long yeah. time. And I think, long you know, time. now they are a fashion statement. I saw you the other day. You got a mask for every little outfit that you, you wear out there. Just, I do. You know, I color do. Color coordinated, you know. I do. I really I, I do. I think a lot of people think, yeah, I like this. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. Especially with women, you know. We, we've we got to be fashionable. Enough, you got to have another, you got another accessory now. But here's the thing, though. West. I'm just saying that, you know, if you go into a restaurant, right, you could go in wearing your mask. Mm-hmm. And but once you sit down, you're able to take the mask off. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not speaking on conspiracy, but I am think, thinking that mm-hmm. maybe common sense a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just I just I, it feels like we're just not quite sure of everything. Mm-hmm. But I know it is important to be safe. Well, you know, I went to an event, you know, as a, as a reporter, I, I, I started going back to covering events in real time. People were inviting me uh, in, in one event, uh, Sotheby's International had their ribbon cutting. And I uh, we showed up and they had a mask or no mask policy. You, you could choose whether you wanted to wear a mask. And that confused me. Just kind of like, okay, should I keep it on? Should I take it off? Should I put it in my pocket? And I didn't want to feel out of, you know, out of place, you know. And, and then, you know, I run into somebody, I start conversation, and they have the mask on. You know? like, oh, wait a minute, you know. So it's kind Total of awkward, like world. you said, it's kind of awkward right now. And I tell you what, uh, Corgan, I hope you're listening to all this because we definitely need a documentary done about this time <laughs> <laughs> and how uh, what people are going through. So you, you yeah. heard it from me first, right? Giving you some uh, you. film some film ideas because you know this time will pass and 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 because this is history, mm-hmm. you know, that's in the making, mm-hmm. and so. You know, people can look back on this and say they did what? What mm-hmm. happened? You mm-hmm. know that sort of thing. So, you know, um, just to make a little light of of that for right now. But yeah. uh, again, uh, just want to welcome you, Corrigan, to uh, Black Consumer News. You're a filmmaker out there doing wonderful things, and you know, in in um, uh, lieu of the Oscars that that just passed, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of um, you know uh, Black filmmakers and actresses and and um, actors. Uh, were a part of the 93rd um, Oscars um, this year. So I want us to talk about, you know, your feelings as far as that's concerned and kind of, in my view, kind of what, what took us so long and, and really kind of what is what bought this so-called attention to <clears throat> the, 
the the black film industry, if you mm-hmm. will, because we mm-hmm. know it's there, right? right, right. And and so um, and then also something a little quirky. Um, I I can't remember her name. Uh, the the Asian um, a woman that received um, the director's oh, yes, Oscar, yes, yes, yes. and mm-hmm. they're calling her a woman of color. And I'm just like, you know, this is like really getting interested. We got a lot of people, you know, taking <laughs> you know taking our positions mm-hmm. these days. And, and I just mm-hmm. thought that was interesting as well. I'd like to start off uh, just by asking you um, to be a good filmmaker, mm-hmm. uh, you have to be a good storyteller, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> and so when did you learn that you were a good storyteller? And um, do you act as well? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can go ahead and tell you that the acting thing is definitely not uh, like in my repertoire, I guess you could say. <laughs> okay. uh, but, um, but as far as storytelling, um, you know, unconsciously, I feel like that started back, you know, when I was younger. I used to play with toys a lot. Uh, I was the only child until I was like 16. And so, like, majority of my time was just playing my, you know, my action figures, you know, Wolverine, all that good stuff like that. And uh, just making those stories in my head. And then on top of that, um, you know, a joke that my mom and I have between each other, you know, TV kind of raised me. So unless <laughs> my cousin, you know, was at my, my house or whatever, spend time playing games or whatever, like, I'm setting up, you know, watching TV shows, watching movies, and just getting lost in the space. Um, but I never did think that that was something that I wanted to go into as far as, like, filmmaking, you mm-hmm. know, especially, like, you know, I'm growing up in the 90s and, like, you know, which was, people kind of forget, that was actually one of the best times for black film. You know, it wasn't one of those things that, you know, they made it to get an award, but it was just... You know, when it comes to black love and stuff like that. Spike Lee came out that time. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, Best Man, Mm -hmm. all of that good stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, you know, I I never thought about career-wise that was something that I wanted to go into until later on when I was a senior in high school. uh, I was considering, you know, becoming a college football coach uh, because I I just love the passion that's in the game. I love, like, the the diversity and the type of styles that's played. I just loved it. And so – uh, but I thought about family-wise, you know, I didn't want to have that one bad season and then, mm-hmm. you know, I get the boot, you mm-hmm. know. So I was like, uh, you know, what else can I do? And so, so I just did the traditional thing. What can I do, you know, forever that I would enjoy doing for the rest of my life? And and so, you know, one of the things that, you know, besides just myself, one of the things that my dad and I enjoy doing together is watching film. And so... Um, I was like, you know, well, I like this. Is it jobs out there, you know, to do this? Can I be a part of that? And so I started doing research and, and I, you know, started realizing like, okay, but what's for me? And so, you know, directing and writing, you know, that area of film was for me. And, you know, came to, you know, UA Little Rock, got my degree and just been, you know, rolling with it ever since. Oh, that's yeah. absolutely wonderful. And when we talk about film, I, I know you said when you were, a, you know, a young boy that, you know, you were home, your only child and, and you know, playing with your little Wolverines yeah, and, yeah. and then watching television. And so... Um, were, was it things that you selected that your your parents selected for you? Because a lot of times, we, you know, we know that image is everything. And a mm-hmm, lot of, mm-hmm. like you said, a, a lot of negative things um, can definitely affect you negatively, right. especially at a, at, a, at a young age. Right, and, right. and how would you compare today's television as a young person growing mm-hmm, up mm-hmm. and what they're watching to when you were growing up in the 1990s? What would you think? What would you say about that? So, like, when I was growing up, like, kids were kids in the shows 
and they and they and the story centered around you know kid related situations and even when Dokes was in the mix say like um you know the cosby show or something like that the family dynamic was a family dynamic show you had the parent you had the aunt the uncle everybody had their place um what i'm realizing now um and i enjoy these shows i mean i'm an adult so i don't think too much about it but one of the things i'm realizing is that a lot of shows they have like either high schoolers or even college related shows but more so like high schoolers they have adults playing those um those high schoolers mm-hmm. you know and they be in situations that like we kind of know we know things that we've done when we was in high school we have no business doing but that didn't get out that's not public but now the way you know the lifestyles are depicted in some of these shows is just like you know is that could you have gotten away with that if the actual actor of that character was the real age that they're portraying? Mm. Like, how is this all of a sudden yeah, yeah. okay? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we we'll hear about Theo drinking or something like that, but we probably wouldn't see it or all this stuff like that. But right, now they right. they kind of mix up a different way with that, and so yeah. I feel like it's it's very it's very bold television. It's good oh my, television, yeah. but it's very bold. Oh, now. bold is yeah, beyond yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the yeah. things you you realize that you know. As a viewer, it's like I didn't know she was thirty. Mm-hmm. On the show, she eighteen, yeah. but you know, she you know, yeah, yeah but she's thirty years old. So, and I, I think it's interesting what you said about Theo. You know, if he's if he was drinking, we didn't see him drinking. No. So, because it's almost like validating it in mm-hmm. a way, right? Mm-hmm. Because suppose you missed the rest of the show, all you mm-hmm. did was see him drink. And so, I agree with you there because I know recently. I don't necessarily watch a lot of television, but um, when you turn it on, I'm just like, I cannot believe that they're showing, you yep. know, t- yeah. two men together or two women together mm. or different things like that. I'm just like, okay, scratching my head because mm. what, what what we're doing at, in, and you can tell me as a filmmaker, is that we're expanding the mind on what's right, what's wrong, what should happen, what shouldn't happen, instead of just using those little, just use your imagination sometimes, right, especially with right. things that are just kind of out there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, they're, like, I guess when it comes to, like, exposure and, and, and like you said, like, with inclusion of, you know, various, you know, populations or where a case may be, uh, I think it's one of those things as for some of us, we think about, you know, hey, like you said, leave it to imagination or when you choose to expose yourself to this, do that. But I feel like television and a lot of platforms are taking the initiative or of let me expose you instead of letting yourself or your parents or whoever, you know, expose you in their type of way or you do it in your own path. Sure, and and, and yeah. violence even, of mm-hmm. course, is, is, is really prevalent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot of blood and gore (laughs) and everything I'm noticing I'm like oh my goodness I can't watch but anyway that's a whole other thing you know I I think especially when it involves sex or violence or sometimes it's better to to allow that person's imagination to Mm -hmm. uh, to you can you can there's a ways good good film directors good uh, 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 people behind the camera can kind of kind of uh, do it without doing it, so to speak. Mm-hmm, yeah. and they can bring those. They can show you. Oh well, yeah. Uh, uh, without showing the man's head getting blown off, but you can show uh, that in a blood way. on the wall or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, so mm-hmm. there's ways of doing it. But you're right. Uh, uh, right now, 
some uh, the body counts on some of these movies is just amazing you know yeah mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's, it's very unique stuff um you know it's just i don't know I, I think one of those things i think the difference also is not even just like the content it's like they're trying to give filmmakers more creative freedom mm -hmm. um and stuff like that because i mean we say this you know recently it's came up but you know she's got to have it been out Mm -hmm. And we know what was a part of part of that film, you know, and the content that was in that. And then he came back and revamped it, which was a really dope series yeah. uh, Spike Lee did on Netflix. So, you know, I, I just feel like it's just a space of like now, especially for independent filmmakers or right. those who have been grinding out on them own and just, you know, kind of, as they say, guerrilla filmmaking is, you know, they just try to give creative freedom and try sure. not to give too much of no because as we see especially in, in on the movie film side a lot of things are being recycled now mm -hmm. and let, let's talk about the independent circuit because mm -hmm. the end of, uh, that's where a lot of african-american people are is the independent circuit and i don't think that i mean we have you know the different film festivals and and that sort of thing but it's not <clears throat> in my view kind of getting the credit that it needs to especially on an oscar if you will mm -hmm. level because mm -hmm. there's some good films that come out of the independent circuit Yes, like it's it's a great time. It's a great time for uh, black independent filmmakers to just, you know, take a chance on themselves and, and the community support the filmmaker, um, the filmmakers that are in their space, you know, to help them create those stories, um, you know, no matter what it is, especially if it can bring, you know, some uplift to the community yes. or, you know, just tell a unique story. Like it's always a, a new story to be told. Like I remember, mm -hmm. um, I think it was Jeff Nichols. I was at a conference and he mentioned, he's like, everybody has a good story in them, no matter if you're a filmmaker or not, like everybody has a story in them. So, uh, and that's true. You that's know, it's wonderful. either, that's yeah, wonderful. it's either you going to tell it or, you know, some, a filmmaker is going to meet you and they'd be like, Hey, I want to tell your story. Mm -hmm. Can I do that? You know? Mm -hmm. So, and once uh, that yeah. story told, it's out there. You don't control the narrative exactly. anymore. Exactly, okay. exactly, exactly. And, and that's the good space about independent filmmaking. And and there's more knowledge and more funding opportunities out there for us to mm -hmm. not only tell the stories but tell them well. Because mm -hmm. I feel like that's been the the biggest gap is that you know people say, oh, you can do things with your phone and and all this stuff like that. Yeah, you can, but. Who's, are you gonna watch it? Mm -hmm. No, you're not. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna look at the something with the the red, the Ari, you know those type of projects with a decent crew, you know mid sized to large. That's what you're gonna look at. So now with more funding, more support, more awareness, and and that hunger out there to be, you know, telling our stories, I do feel like it's a great time to be an independent filmmaker, uh, and just take a chance on yourself, you know, and and just you know find some type of circle or village uh, to be able to get it done. You know, I definitely don't recommend you know doing it yourself i mean i've been in those shoes for a while here and there um but you know definitely if you can build up a village to get the job done like do it mm -hmm. yeah and i think it's, it's nothing like telling your own story especially as it regards to the black community mm -hmm. and seeing yourself um on the screen yeah. um again i will always say this that image image is everything because everything. It, it formulates so many opinions i mean even as simple as commercials mm -hmm. you know so you can imagine a, a film and then when and that creativity is given a chance and in our arena is even yeah better. and i think the negative image you know so so much in our communities and in, in our nation of the black man is because of the portrayals the the, the negative portrayals of us in media you know people fear black men uh, uh you know we still uh, if you walk into a situation when you're the only black man or a black person people are are 
you will treat you or they re react a certain way based not based on you but based on the images and, and that they've seen. Sure, if every day when you turn on the television there's nothing but ne negative news about black people in the black community, it's a wonder. But I think if we change that paradigm, I think that would definitely change the way that people started to perceive uh, the black mm -hmm. community, black people, and, and, and women as well. Uh, again, every day you turn on the television, it's all the negative things mm -hmm. that have happened. And there are negative things in the world, mm -hmm. but that's not the all, right? Mm -hmm. right? But when that's all you see, then that's all it becomes. And it can influence. Even mm -hmm. though it's a negative influence, it can influence people to, in a way that thinks that this is okay. This is the way I should be. This is how mm -hmm. things go. But mm -hmm. um, as, we, as we know, as a adults that is not the way but when a young child is seeing this you know it, it can it can mess with your head your self-esteem your all-around uh, you know person especially at a very young age because everything your those are your formative years so everything starts there yeah. I, I want to ask you a, a question just just from my perspective as a, I mean I, you and Angel know a lot a lot about this 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 industry how is technology uh, affecting filmmaking, AI, digital, because uh, you know now, in in some instances, you may not even. There's going to be a movie pretty soon where you don't need people, and it's probably already out there. Uh, where the don't say that. No, no, but <laughs> Just but, but there, yeah. the, some of the AI is so yeah. real, so advanced that mm -hmm. you look. Is that that looks a real person or? Yeah. Or the scenes. I mean, you go back even ten years. The uh, the the things that they can put in a movie that that uh, or, or a whole army. You know, I saw a movie the other day. I mm -hmm. said, "How did they get that million of uh, you know that that yeah. scene with all those millions of, of of people? And they look real." So so t t tell me about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's definitely growing. It has an impact, but it's all about the creator. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was James Cameron who did the Titanic, mm -hmm. and later on, um, you know, he did Avatar. But what he waited well over a decade to do Avatar just so technology can catch up mm -hmm. with what he wanted to tell. Which I feel like that's a very very bold filmmaker. But if you if you want the story to be told the right way and you want things to be set in place to where it could be successful then you have to do what you have to do and and so like with him like i think well along with him and others i feel like it's just more so whatever is relevant to your storytelling mm -hmm. um i don't feel like it ever in a sense replace uh it can enhance but i definitely don't feel like it can replace just because like at the end of the day like um the face sales and the name sales like mm -hmm. literally like a film cannot be good but just because that person's name or they was in it was mm -hmm. a part of that then you know you may get a couple of dollars like the first couple of weeks until mm -hmm. somebody's like yeah it's not that good bro mm -hmm. so but um but yeah so i i feel like it's, it's definitely enhancing um i definitely feel like if anything is helping out uh in the animation area yeah you definitely. know um like i'm following you know um a black um, animator right now who's getting ready to uh, let out. I think it's like a feature film or whatever, uh, uh, an animated feature film. And so I feel like those who want to tell stories in the an animation area, sci-fi, uh, I definitely feel like it's going to help out in that way. But but when it comes to like just a, a good traditional romantic com or comedy or drama, 
you know, I, I think it's here to to the camera fall out. I guess. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. 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 So, so um, Corgan, what do you think that made um, the biggest difference this past um, Academy Awards uh, as far as Black actors and filmmakers, and and does the recognition reflect uh, what is taking place in the larger society regarding Black people in general? I think this year compared to even last year, I think it's a very it's very unique because I feel that. Like, film is something that, you know, especially us, um, you know, black people, black filmmakers want to pursue and want to keep on doing, man. But it's so much opportunity in the television and in miniseries realm that I feel like it's been a lot more investment and attention towards those areas um, and continuing, you know, projects in that space. So I feel like that, that, in a sense, was a part of it. But, you know, ultimately, I feel like when it comes to, you know, um, recognition and you know when you talk about all people of color uh, I do feel like this is one of the best turnouts for the Oscars but at the same time it's ironic how it was one of the best ones nomination wise but it was the worst if not one of the worst um, ratings Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of all time. Well, I mm-hmm. thought that interesting yeah. too. Yeah. So now you get all the black movies, all the black directors, all the black actors. Yeah. 93 years it had to happen, but then they consider it the worst yeah. Academy Awards. And well, it's the, during COVID. Like, mm-hmm. what else you got to do? You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think maybe, you know, and I, I think uh, from, from my perspective, I think part of it may have been the virtual side of it, mm-hmm. and that, that you still didn't have you know the full red carpet treatment and all the the everything that goes with it uh and but but then again it could be the black black people too you know yeah uh uh, uh you know and and uh one of the things i wanted to actually you know that the whole experience you know we went from blockbuster my generation we've been from mm-hmm. a blockbuster mm-hmm. on every mm-hmm. corner to now netflix dominating uh one of the things that have taken place with covid is the the going to the movie experience. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. I, I just did a report, uh, earnings report on all the major uh, movie theater chains. Right. Their earnings or their profits from a year ago or is is um, I mean dramatically decreased. Mm-hmm. And the, the analysts, the Wall Street analysts are saying that may not be the same industry that we saw on that side of COVID. What is your experience and what 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 are we gonna see in terms of, of me as a as a person who wants to go and see your movie, where am I going to experience that? Am I going to experience it at home? Am I going to experience it at a movie theater or some kind of hybrid experience? Yeah, I think it's going to have to be. It's going to be hybrid. I mean, uh, even prior to it, like Netflix was one of the the um, main streaming services that was known for you know providing a platform for a lot of Black creators mm-hmm. and you know and independent stories. It's not nothing recycled or anything like that. You know, you had some that was revamped, but for the most part, it's brand new stuff. And so, um, you know, that's great. Mm-hmm. You know, and Netflix mo- movies they're not coming to theaters. You know, mm-hmm. unless they come up with some unique way of doing so, but. Um, I feel like it's going to get to one of those things like the experience of, I guess, the nostalgic experience of going to a drive-in. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what's going to end up happening to, wow. to movie theaters. But at the same time, I just feel like movie theaters is not going to go away. But it's, I feel like it's going to get skimpy when it comes to you're not going to have one 10, 20 minutes out from each other. It's going to get to where it's like one main one that you just enjoy and Mm-hmm. And that's it. But it's going to be interesting because even in the independent space, like for myself, like 
the first three short films that I've done, all of those are on YouTube, you mm. know, and that's easy, that's cheap, and that's free for me as opposed to like a studio. Like I was told by one of my old professors at the time that like, like for one film that he knew of, it took what ten million dollars just to put put their film, their feature film, in all of the theaters just in the country. Yeah. So you know, and that wasn't a black film. Mm. So unless they feel like they're going to invest in this film, and then on top of that, get that out to all these. Uh, the theaters and then say if it doesn't profit then it's like okay are we going to take a chance of them again yeah. so it's it's a very unique time yeah you know the, uh, there's a movie that came out to, today I think Michael Jordan oh yeah 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 uh, on, on Prime and mm -hmm. it's not in the theaters it, it, exactly it, it premiered and somebody told me they were going to wake up uh, yeah, watch stay <laughs> up to midnight last night because the first the premiere was on uh, the 30th today mm -hmm. so they were waiting up to midnight and she loves uh, Michael Jordan, one of, one of my nieces. So uh, and she just she goes stay up to midnight just so she can be the first one to see that movie. Yeah, and she doesn't have to go to the theater to, see to, it. to watch it. Oh, yeah. Wow. Speaking speaking of movies, what what projects are you working on right now, Corian? Yeah. So uh, right now I am doing a crowdfunding campaign for my short film, uh, Freedom's House. Uh, it's basically about um, um, a black man who's you know married. Uh, has a nice job in the marketing field and everything and and on the outside it seems like everything is going good uh, but as you keep you know seeing the film and experiencing that you realize that there's a there's a lot going on internally um, and so um, I'm, I'm really happy about this film because uh, I after my last short film I actually plan on taking a break and just working on actual feature films because I've never written one yet and, and I have them in, in mm -hmm. waiting but I just never you know put my uh, hands to the keyboard, I guess, you know, and so, uh, but uh, opportunity came up with uh, the end of Memphis uh, black screenwriters uh, competition that I ran across and I was, I had the story in mind, something I wanted to get off my chest. And, mm -hmm. and so I wrote this and, and, uh, and I have to write a whole feature. I can, I could just do the first six pages. So I'm like, yeah, that's going to work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I sent it off and to my surprise, you know, I was one of the finalists and, you know, I got feedback from some, uh, some individuals that was, you know, in the, di in, in the, uh, distribution circuit uh, mm -hmm. of film. And, and like, you know, she told me, she like, Hey, like what you just told me about this film, this is a great pitch. Somebody will pick this up, you know? And so, uh, talked to some of my friends and my wife and I was like, you know, can you see this as a short instead of like a feature what I had planned on? And he was like, yeah. So is it about his his everyday life or? Yeah, it's so it's, it's more so like a specific moment. I can't say much because it is a yeah, short film. Course, but But yeah, like, so it's, it's mainly just a specific moment because in life sometimes we we're on the receiving end of a bad attitude and we don't know why. Or we hear about, you know, um, a black man, black woman that just, you know, have an outburst and they just up and leave or they quit their job or they just go off on you, whatever the case may so be. So snapshot. It's like, yeah, it's just a snapshot. And sometimes in life, well, not sometimes, a lot of times, that's all we get. And then we judge them for that instead of trying to step back and be like, but why? Hmm. Where did this attitude come from? Um, you know, can I help you or whatever? We just, the repercussion is like either we going to respond back, they mm -hmm. get fired, whatever the case may be. And so... And also, so overall, overall is just, you know, addresses, you know, mental health for black men, which is something that, you know, mm -hmm. we always need to make sure we keep in mind, but also the responsibility uh, as the village that's around our people to make sure that we are taken care of and we're listening mm -hmm. and paying attention to those actions. Because the signs are most of the time, it's always there. 
but it's on this. Well, I think attention. I can use yeah. that that lesson in a Sunday school lesson too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So, um, what genre of film uh, fits your talents, and then also when your when your creative juices, so to speak, are, are rolling, what is that moment like for you? What are you doing in that moment for for those sort of things for that for your you know your your ideas to come to you? What what are you doing? Yeah, like. Uh, so most of the time I'm just listening. Like it's one thing and I like listening and I like talking to people and I like watching videos. I, you know, studying people, asking questions like younger and older than me. That's just what I've always liked to do. I feel like that's what helps you become a, like if you want to be right, the voice of somebody else that are not you, like where it's like not, not race, not gender, you got to listen, you got to talk to people and understand them and ask questions uh, and not judge them, you know? And so, that's that's what kind of gives me my my area and my lane to be able to you know get the job done. Um, as far as like my focus and my genre is mainly my main focus is drama, uh, but unintentionally I've realized that I, I have you know a certain pull to like you know romance and and a little bit of comedy, not straight out just comedy, uh, but just a little bit you know romance with it. And so um, because I, I mean black love is important uh, to me. Um, I do feel like it's still relevant to keep on telling those stories because it's more than just, you know, the regular drama that goes into it. But though the unique stories, especially within black love that we don't talk about, um, that sometimes are tough to, you know, overcome or just not even overcome, but just, you know, life and experiences. Especially with reality TV. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, wouldn't you say that there's a fine line between reality TV and, and movies that are telling good stories about black people? I mean, it's like... You know, yeah. because again, that word reality, right. we're thinking that's uh, this. I'm thinking cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, you know for, again, that young, impressive mind, they don't know that there's outtakes, that things are spliced and put together, and people are told to do this, and people are told, because it's so yeah. real. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, reality TV is in my lane and yeah. I'm learning what I've learned now is, is as I'm getting older ish mm -hmm. in the game is that you know whatever you want to create that's that's your life yeah, yeah, that ain't yeah. that ain't for me to create and mm. I'm not going to worry about judging you and your creation but what I will feel some type of way about I might not say nothing to you now like I probably would is that you know hey the representation that you're giving like it's tearing us up because mm -hmm. when I get ready to say we're not like that, then they're going to look at that and be like, explain this. And so that's kind of like my lane, kind of going back to representation that like that's what honestly motivated me even more to go into film. Like I love, you know, paying attention to representation and, and new ways of represent, representation uh, when it comes to people of color and, and mainly black people in film. So I feel like that's very important because, I mean, you know, when you think about the Willie Lynch letter, that was media. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That that was before film, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But that had power and it still has power to this day, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, so just making sure that you, you know, as a creative or influencer or whatever the case may be, just understand that some of the things that you may do or something that you may do may have a long effect that may not ever go away, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. <laughs> no, I, uh, one of the things that happened during the legislative session, they passed a bill uh, that uh, uh, was trying to spare more film development in the state mm -hmm, of Arkansas mm -hmm. by giving uh, uh, tax credits right. and, mm -hmm, and those mm -hmm. type of things. But on the opposite end of that, you're seeing boycotts of filmmakers in, 
in communities like Georgia that have passed these regressive laws. And we've seen that same thing happen in all. So kind of balance that, dude. What, what is taking place in the industry here in Arkansas, the film industry? You mentioned Jeff Nichols. I know he's uh, involved with the, 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 uh, the uh, Arkansas Cinema Society. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so uh, tell us about the, 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 where, where we are now. And uh, yeah, there's been some pretty big, film projects in the state over the last few years. So mm-hmm. what, what what are you seeing out there in, in, uh, in terms of opportunity uh, for in Arkansas, but for, for, for someone like you? Yeah, like, so I feel like the hunger was kind of there, but more so, like, I feel like there was just not that much guidance, <clears throat> which, um, you know, is something that I've always been about, you know, mentorship. Like, I, I wouldn't be in nowhere without mentorship, you know, whether it's, you know, my success, you know, as undergrad, grad school, and then, and, you know, the higher ed area, you know, without a mentor or someone to go to, to, you know, for feedback or guidance, you know, it would be very tough, you know. And so um, that led me to, you know, starting my nonprofit, which is the Arkansas Minority Film and Arts Association. And mainly our focus is to help enhance the exposure and skills uh, for filmmakers of color mm-hmm. uh, within the arts, they even support films as well. And so, um, that's, repeat that again yeah. so our audience can can yeah uh, Arkansas yeah the Arkansas Minority Film and Arts Association. Okay. And so we we say AMFA for short, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, like so we um, we started like started that um, almost like we yeah, are going on two years now. And um, and so we just accepted the call of like trying to provide a platform to level out the playing field when it comes to, you know, an organization that, you know, tries their best to relate uh, to the, uh, the voices that are out there uh, in and outside of Arkansas. Because, um, you know, if I know that, you know, I'm 28 and yeah, I'm a filmmaker, I've been doing things, but I'm still open to mentorship then I know. Uh, I know good well, like from high school all the way up to like 60 plus years old, you want some mentorship or some guidance too. And so um, it's definitely, yeah, 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 never too old. I mean, Morgan Freeman, what, he got his big role in in his 40s, you know? So, so yeah, so I'm just trying to be a part of help. It's definitely growing in Arkansas, but I definitely feel that, you know, a really solid pipeline or guidance or getting some of the filmmakers and creatives that are from Arkansas have roots in Arkansas to come back and support um, and help support the pipeline that can be developed. Absolutely. Always uh, that support is always, like you said, so important in, mm-hmm. in mentorship across the board. And I'm, I'm loving to hear hearing you say those sort of things as well as the aspect of listening to other people. Right. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, gaining creativity from that. And more importantly, just being a listening ear, and I think it's right. it's 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 uh, it is is taken lightly. But you know, when you have someone that can will listen to you, mm-hmm. that sometimes helps people get over, uh, overcome a lot of things, and and to be able to assess what their needs are because mm-hmm. someone is listening. So Definitely. I commend you for 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 doing that for sure. I do want to back up a little bit mm-hmm. and talk about your your current project. Yeah. Um, the freedom. Freedom's house. The freedom's um, um, house, mm-hmm. and um, it you said it's on GoFundMe, right? It's on uh, Seed and Spark. Seed and Spark. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a a crowdfunding campaign. It's a crowdfunding platform, like really specifically for filmmakers to raise funds. It's very unique. Um, I really love the organization. They actually was support of us uh, putting on our uh, virtual film festival last year, and um, they just have a really great um, 
platform for filmmakers who want to learn about how to build a budget, what that looked like, the marketing pieces, everything. It's a really cool okay, platform. Okay, a platform. So they do more than just um, do crowdfunding. They, yeah, do, they help they filmmakers. They put education behind it and everything. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. so it's not like, you know, with GoFundMe and nothing like Like, literally with my process, I was ready to start, but it literally took two weeks of me getting my stuff approved for going back and forth, hey, they want you to check this, reword this, mm-hmm. uh, make sure you have this in place, make sure your incentives that you have for each uh, tier that people are donating to, make sure that's visible and everything. So they, so they really helped you create the all. whole thing, whole thing. Of course, it's good for you to do some research before you come, sure. so it won't be a long process. Sure. But yeah, like um, I've really just been enjoying using the platform. It's been pretty easy so far. I haven't had any complaints. Uh, from my, you know, current supporters right now as well. So it's it's just a really dope platform. Here, here's a, a, a general uh, uh, question that I often ask uh, mm-hmm. anyone uh, in business and in, in my interviews, uh, and profiles, and things that I write. Mm-hmm. In ten years, looking at yourself from where you are now, where do you want to be, and what will it take for you to get there? Uh, where I want to be is that. I'm pretty sure I will be pretty dang close, if not full out, full time filmmaker. And and depending on, especially how the industry is going now, the moment that somebody give me a chance, I'm probably going to have two of my um, feature films out. Uh, one of them will be um, produced in Arkansas, Little Rock, to be exact. Um, and um, that's why I'll be on the creative side. And then I just hope that on my nonprofit side. And then personally, you know, it's being able to fulfill what it's been able to do as far as uh, giving support, providing a platform, and giving a voice. Uh, and I just want to continue to be able to mentor as much as I can as well and, and pay it back. Oh, that's absolutely wonderful. And tell people if they are interested in um, donating, mm-hmm. how they can go about doing that to your um, crowdfunding um, for the Freedom House. Yeah. So on Facebook, just type in Freedom's House Film. And you'll be able to see that. If not, you can type in my name, Corrigan Revels, on Facebook, and you should be able to find it on there. R E V E L S. Yes, yes, levels, but with the R. That's why I tell people. Oh yeah, yeah, I like that. Revels. (laughs) Yeah, that that makes a whole lot of good sense. Well, listen, we've had a great conversation today here with you, Corrigan. Impressive young man. Very impressive, and we want to thank you so much for coming on. Again, I can't say it enough that image is everything, and um, it seems like you've got everything in perspective as, as far as uh, what you want people to see and experience through your works mm-hmm. and I know there's great things uh, that are coming from for, for, for you mm-hmm. and to you and we and we definitely uh, want the best for you as well I appreciate it glad to be here and right. and the Oscar goes to it's coming maybe we need to God's refra- will, maybe, yes. maybe we need to reframe that to maybe um what's a brother's name that we can use we can change the oscar's name to instead of oscar we can call it the Michelle or something yeah oh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> The, show. the the Mustafa yeah. Award or something like that. No, yeah. but thank you so much for listening and staying tuned in here on Black Consumer News. Wes, you got a uh, a, a nice weekend plan for yourself? 
let's see. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll figure yeah. something out. You'll figure yeah. something out. Well, the weather is going to be really nice. And again, we thank you all for being here and staying tuned in with Black Consumer News here on this lovely Wednesday. Make, news that empowers. News that empowers. And make sure you go to Facebook to Freedom House. Yeah, Freedom's House. Freedom's yeah. House yeah. and type that in and support um, um, Corrigan and his efforts and his and because if we don't support each other then we can't go very far and we all need somebody and sometimes we're going to need you so mm-hmm. make sure you do mm-hmm. your part thank you again you've been listening to KABF 88.3 the voice of the people and we'll be back here on Black Consumer News next Wednesday from 11am until 12 noon thank you again peace <laughs> <laughs>